Welcome to Life in Purple, providing you with the latest from women entrepreneurs, amazing mums, human interest stories and celebrity guests. Your host, Laura Sprague, discusses women's topics such as success, empowerment, perseverance, lifestyle and much more. Laura also offers a fun and unique perspective while providing listeners with valuable tips on how to successfully conquer the many issues women may face. Come experience your life in purple. And now, here's your host, the life coach with the most, Laura Sprague. Hello, Lip Talk Nation. Welcome to Life in Purple. I'm your host, Laura Sprague, and thank you so much for listening to this episode. We have a very passionate and inspiring guest on our show today, but before I introduce him, I want to take a moment to remind you of our most recent guest with former Air Force veteran and singer-songwriter Michelle Danez, who shares her story of how she faced her fears and followed her dreams in recording her first song called Lion Heart. Michelle wrote the song to help raise awareness for our military and veterans. If you haven't had a chance to catch our previous episodes, visit liptalknation.com and there you'll find more resources to help you live a life in purple. On our show today, we have author, speaker, and entrepreneur, and not in that order, Stephen Scoggins. Stephen has a reputation to inspire people to take action and help them discover their potential. He started his first business while sleeping in a car and managed to transform it into a multi-state and multi-million dollar organization. His passion is dedicated to the relentless pursuit of empowering minds and motivating hearts in their journey with God's principles. Welcome to the show, Stephen. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. What's going on, girlfriend? How you doing? What's going on? Well, I got to say, when we, um, I'm just super excited right off the bat that you're on the show. I read your story. I can't wait for the listeners to get to know you and what you have to offer and how you overcame such crappy things in your life, Stephen. I, like I said... <laughs> There are a few of them. <laughs> There's a few of them for sure. They're, they'll make you cry. They'll make you laugh. And like I said, the listeners need to know you. It is such an honor, Stephen, and pleasure to have you on the show. So like I said, you have quite the message to deliver for us. So before we dive into this interview, will you just tell us where you're from and a little bit how you got your start as a leader? Yeah, you know, uh, born and raised in Ron, North Carolina, or the suburbs around it. Uh, broken home, the whole deal. I uh, did graduate from high school. But one of the things that I did was I bought this guy named Steve Myrick, uh, who's like a mentor to me. He's my father's employer. And he actually taught me some things. He taught me to focus on living a life by character rather than selfishness. And my childhood was full of selfishness, uh, both myself as well as the, the people that were raising me at the time. And so that was a huge mental shift for me. But what he told me was, is when your yes is your yes and your no is your no, then you automatically draw the respect of others. And I think that's where it got started because I just began uh, really focusing on making sure that when I gave somebody my word, I did it. When I, when I promised them I was going to do something, I did it. When I, when I gave them a commitment, I did it. And for whatever reason, people tend to respect and are drawn to that for whatever reason. So that's where I kind of got started with the leadership role. And then, you know, to make a great leader, you have to be a pretty good follower. You know, you have to really be, really be a good servant. And uh, that's where really leadership kind of really 
is a foundation character and servanthood. So that's kind of where I got started. Okay, listeners, did you hear Stephen already and the energy behind his story? So I know we didn't get into a lot of his story yet, but he did mention on how he got started as a leader. Listeners, please take hold of this. It's all about his mentor, living a life of character. So you need to focus on that and then let your yes be yes. That seems so simple and easy to do, but I love, Stephen, how you said that. It's very important to keep your word, very important listeners, and to also be a good servant. Love this, Stephen. Thank you so much for starting this off the bat on a great start. Stephen, like I said, you have quite this message to deliver to the listeners. Your story for me is inspiring, and in your book uh, called The Journey Principles, 10 Simple Principles for a Life Journey That Matters, you talk about your past and your own obstacles, but also deliver a message of hope, and that's what I want the listeners to know, that there is hope. I would love to pick your brain on the first two principles. Number one is understanding life's conflicts, and two, growing from anxiety. Many of the listeners, Stephen, are finding themselves in this in the middle of conflict, feeling frustrated without lack of direction. First of all, why do you think people have a hard time resolving the conflict within themselves? Well, first of all, I'd like to just say I've been where you've been, and it can get better if you want it to. But the reality is the secret is actually is because we don't actually use enough leverage to move past it. A lot of times we don't take action. We stick our head in the sands, and therefore we're blinded. You know, I've learned that conflict really builds a, builds a better version of you if you let it. It's okay not to have all the answers. You know, that alone kind of starts the journey, kind of starts the thing cooking. You know, if you think about conflict as the most easy decision, so if someone goes into a store and wants to buy a pack of bubble gum, very little conflict. You can make that decision with no problem. You go want to go buy a car. You got to spend a little more time, you know, trying to really kind of make sure you can kind of uh, really drill down and get the best deal, for example. Well, life's conflicts specific are kind of the same thing. I think we stay stuck in conflict a lot of times because we don't seek perspective. We just try to deal with conflict as it comes. And what happens is, is we're oftentimes blindsided, so we don't actually take action. We stay in this fear, anxiety, kind of ridden self. You know, when we seek perspective in and on conflict, we actually give ourselves permission to take on the conflict head on. So you can kind of limit the amount of anxiety and fear you're feeling because anxiety is only truly, truly created by not leaning into conflict. You think about it, we stay most anxious because we're trying to avoid it. And the longer we try to avoid it, it's not like a rubber band. The longer you try to stay away from it, it's like pulling that rubber band tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. Eventually, you're going to have to deal with it. And the further that conflict gets away from you, the more it stretches you. The more stretching it happens, the more anxiety is there, and the bigger it's going to hurt when you finally have to deal with it. So if you can learn to adopt the methodology of leaning in first and really kind of just saying, all right, I know I've got to make a decision. I've got to pick a date on the calendar. I've got to deal with this. I've got to really kind of resolve my past issues with my past trauma. Like I had a ton of that growing up as a, as a child. Alcoholism in my family. Um, I never graduated, graduated high school, amongst other things. Uh, obviously spent time, a little time homeless and things of that nature. All of that was based on my own doing of not really, really leaning into conflict and learning how to kind of work with it. You know, conflict never overcome by avoiding it. It's only overcome by, you know, really deciding to take action on it and really kind of leaning into it. And the greater, like I said, the longer you wait to deal with that conflict, the more anxiety is going to take place. And the longer that anxiety is there, the more comfortable it's going to be, which steals your joy day after day after day. And next thing you know, a week's gone by, a month's gone by, a year's gone by, and you had an unhappy year, an unhappy, you know, and it just, that's how it compounds. So it's important to like really try to grab, gravitate towards a methodology of leaning in towards, 
leaning in towards conflict specifically. That's kind of what I like to think of as like the rubber band kind of approach specifically. That's me. <laughs> Absolutely, Stephen. I love the analogy that you just used. So I want Lip Talk Nation, the listeners, please stop right here, hit pause, and write down that lean into conflict. Such a perspective. And like you said, conflict, we just don't seek perspective, so which means we don't take action. That was huge too. So Lip Talk Nation, write that down. Lean in by seeking perspective. That conflict inside of you, you eventually will have to face it, like Stephen said, eventually, like that rubber band analogy that you said, you know, keep stretching and stretching and stretching and then pow, it's going to sting a lot or sting less. So you, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Stephen, I love this so much and, and I believe this, you paint a beautiful picture for the listeners right here to be able to understand conflict inside because uh, you become the conflict. You're going to live it out. If you don't face it, I believe that you're still reliving it every day, even if you're not necessarily dwelling on that the conflict inside it happens in your body your mind and like you said it also will take your joy okay so much passion here Stephen excellent analogy you mentioned in your book that we need to practice letting go and relinquishing control so oftentimes people who have experienced a trauma like myself or a tragedy in life they end up wanting to control everything else because they didn't have control of that trauma. So what words of encouragement, Stephen, or action steps can you give to the listeners to start letting go? Well, the one thing I would say probably more than anything else is it's okay. What I mean by that is when you start going through difficulties and trauma, those situations are going to put a certain amount of tension on you and your spirit as a whole. And because of that, you're going to, it's okay to know that, like you just mentioned, you had a realization at some point in time, you're like, well, I'm trying to control everything. It's okay to identify that and say, okay, I need to start letting go just a little bit of a time. Kind of like letting a rope down over, over top of a cliff. You're letting, you're letting a bucket of water down into the well, you know, and each, it, it's, that's how it starts. You know, so I think the four words of encouragement, one, it's okay. Two, you can do it. And three, all it takes is just a, a simple switch of the mindset. Just a simple switch. Just a simple turn. And that turn most often comes from a choice. Every time you make a new choice, you'll have a new result. So the biggest thing is let your choices lead you to better actions and then to a better result. So let the bucket down inch by inch with new choices. So whereas, uh, for example, one of my things I used to struggle with, obviously, was uh, what you're talking about, controlling everything. Everything from relationships to business to even the dishes in the sink. Let the dishes sit there for an extra 15 minutes. Just let, let yourself breathe. Let yourself enjoy the moment for a change. Well, take a, take a nice long walk. Take some deep breaths. But do the little things that allow you to take little choices so you can let that bucket over the cliff inch by inch. Okay, you just gave us a lot to chew on right there. And it made it, you made it sound so simple too. Okay, listeners, did you hear that Stephen said, first of all, that it's okay? I found myself also, Stephen, that I wanted to control everything, even from the dishes in the sink and the toys on the floor and clothes that I wore and the clothes that my kids wore, the clothes my husband wore, the clothes, just so many things. And I found that it still didn't make me happy. That's the other thing I would like to and how much tension did it put in you? Oh, did it, it not create a lot of tension? Oh, it created so much tension, Stephen. The listeners, I have a, my own story out on episode nine where I, it did, my jaws locked. I became bulimic and denied it for three years. Oh my goodness, so much, Stephen. And you said it's okay. So that's what I want the listeners to know. You have permission to feel. You have power. I'm giving that to you. Stephen is giving that to you that it's okay. But you also said... You can do it. So there's your cheerleader right there, listeners. You need that support. And then 
Stephen, you also said uh, switch that mindset. So I kind of have my kids, even when they're having a rough day, to turn the knob right beside their head. All right, let's turn it. We, we have the power to change our minds. And so I love that you, you said that. And choices lead to better actions. And, and it becomes a better practice. Go for that walk. Let the dishes sit for 15 more minutes. Lip Talk Nation, it's okay. So now we're going to really dive in deep to um, anxiety and fear, Stephen. I want the listeners to understand that they can conquer it. So I absolutely love how you define your terms in your book. You speak my language for sure. So will you share with the listeners? <laughs> I know, it's kind of funny. I'm like, oh, this, it's, we have so much in common. I'm like, yes. If, oh, We're just kindred, kindred spirits. <laughs> kindred spirits, Stephen. Oh, I have so many goosebumps. So will you share with the listeners what will happen to them when they do confront their obstacles and how God uses obstacles in their lives? i tell you what, the biggest thing that allowed me to do was breathe. That's the biggest benefit I got from finally adopting these principles that we share, uh, letting go, um, learning to confront obstacles, learning to make them part of who I was. I learned for a long time, you know, a lot of times we, we hold our traumas back. We, we, we think, we seem to think somehow that holding on to that trauma somehow values us, really stealing value from us day after day after day. And if I'm honest, I was a really stubborn student. I pushed like the faith, my faith side, I pushed it back as far as I could for as long as I could. You know, I tried to rely on myself and my, my friends and my coworkers. And at the end, I found myself at the top of a bridge ready to take my life and take that empty step. And in that moment of quietness, after, after smelling the diesel fumes and hearing the cars honk and all kinds of stuff, I heard a small whisper of what seemed to be on my right shoulder, and it just says, you matter to me. It was that simple. And so if you think about it, in my greatest time of duress and stress, where I, where I pushed back faith and pushed back anything that was going to be part of God or faith perspective or anything, when I pushed it back, I was actually denying myself this inner strength, this inner connection that literally catapulted me forward. It was God that came to my rescue and told me that I mattered. It was where, that's where I found that whole fountain of strength that came that I didn't even know I had. And in truth, that strength was the only thing that, I found when I fully surrendered to something that he, I could learn from him. I began to move away from my habit-based life, which is, you know, reactionary all the time. I was constantly reacting to other things, other situations, other people. And I began to live by principle. I began to tell, you know, really focus in on to, uh, telling the truth, to, be, to put it a little, you know, smildly. I began to focus on prayer and meditation. I began to focus on making sure that I told, that I was being, really good to other people, meaning even if they were uh, had a hard time with me or they were frustrated or they were frustrated at the world and they were taking it out on me, I was still going to love them anyway. And I was still going to project that love. And for some reason, the more I projected that love, the more I, I really drew close to that peace, the more I really drew close to that faith, the more I drew close to that meditation, that prayer, the more I drew in closer, the quicker my empty vessel began to feel with what felt like clean living water. And that's really where it really, where really the rubber meets the road. You have, you see, the longer we hold on to stuff, the longer it stays locked up inside of us. And the longer it's in there, it can't get, if it can't get out, it can never be replaced. The idea is to let go, let that stuff out of there, and then let yourself be replaced with living water that can actually run over you and can propel you forward. I'm telling you, there's hidden strength and faith that no one, well, I don't say no one, most people ignore simply because they can't see it with their own two eyes day after day. If you can learn to draw towards that strength and really, really make it part of you, 
then you'll find that most of your days will end up being more peaceful and happy. I'm not saying you're not going to have problems. The car's not going to break down. You're not going to have a fight at work or fight at home. What I'm saying is that it won't steal your joy out of that day. It'll be a situation that you address in that moment, and you'll learn to identify it, correct it, move forward, gain perspective, find out what the contents are, and really kind of own it. And then when you can do that, and it can happen very quickly, that inner strength now prepares you. You go right back to smiling and enjoying life again. And that's really, I think, my biggest takeaway there. Stephen, first of all, thank you so much for the vulnerability in your story, sharing with us that you were ready to take your life. And I know many of the listeners know people in this position or they themselves are thinking of this. And I I thank you so much for being vulnerable, but that you had that little small voice, like you said, on the right side of your shoulder. I can relate so much to what you're saying. So maybe it wasn't quite audible, but you knew it was there saying that I matter. And I want the listeners to write down that statement. I matter because there's something inside of that. When you tell yourself this, because I believe in, you know, the power of self-talk, but Stephen, you also said earlier in one of your answers that I want to go back to is that you said that you give yourself permission to resolve things. And that's exactly what you did. And then you were so passionate about letting go and then having the living water filling you up. Lip Talk Nation, did you hear that? Did you hear that? I'm like, I'm so flabbergasted, not flabbergasted, but I, because we're on the same page and, and just to have somebody else say this as well in a different perspective, Stephen, I, I thank you so much. And then it leads into the living by principle instead of reacting. Wow, listeners, how many of you right now are living by reacting or listening to respond or listening to understand? So it sounds like, Stephen, you also learned that hurting people hurt others. And living by these principles, I'm like, yes, you've got this figured out. You are so intelligent. And I want, I mean, I believe we were all born with intelligence, Stephen. But um, it sounds like you are figuring out for others and then you're starting this movement. So what a powerful thing you are doing. Thank you, like I said, for being vulnerable with us and clearly leading by example, Stephen. The listeners often write into me asking me how to get unstuck. And maybe you get this question a lot too, or overcome these life obstacles and you You have this unique perspective. So with that being said, principle number two is growing from anxiety. So that's near and dear to my heart because I used to have anxiety attacks. Many of the listeners write in and say they have them daily, which is um, unhealthy and living in fear. So I believe the majority of those who have written in um, need to hear your explanation between the difference of fear and anxiety. So will you explain the difference to us, please? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the one thing I just want to mention real fast, uh, going back to the last one, was the um, we talked about principles and habits. Think about a principle as being a decision that's made before you have to make it. That is the joy that a principle gives you, living by a principle. It, it allows you to make the decision ahead of time. You know, but fear and anxiety are very similar. Let's be honest. I mean, they're, they're very similar. They feel similar to the body. Uh, our physiological responses are very similar to them, but they're in many ways are very different. A fear is a response to a defined and direct danger. Um, I say in the book, you, you think about it like a mugger. If they confront you with a knife or a gun or something, that's gonna, it really challenge you uh, physiologically. It's going to take your life or somehow injure you. Well, there's an immediate fear and response, the fight or response, the flight or flight mode people talk about. Anxiety, on the other hand, is almost always a reaction to something that's unclear. There's missing information or it's an identified threat. It's kind of one of those deals where all because you can't identify the, all the nuts and the bolts and the, you know, the T's and the I's and and whatnot, we, we, that like shuts most of us down. And, you know, 
that's the thing you really kind of have to break free. But, you know, when your mind perceives that object of fear, it's actually perceiving something that may never even happen. Um, a simple way to maybe look at fear is the reaction to current events. Anxiety is directed towards future events. So fear is towards an event in front of you. Anxiety is toward, directed towards a future event. So what you have to do to overcome it is you have to understand when it comes on. Step one, understand when it hits you. Step two, really lean into gaining perspective on it. Lean number three, or number three is define the contents. Is this coming from a previous injury? Is this coming from a current situation? Is this coming from a relationship? Where is this coming from? And the biggest thing after that is you have to understand, you have to let it go. And we keep coming back to this, but it's so key. It's so, it's so key to overcoming anxiety. Anxiety, I used to have anxiety attacks all the time, um, especially in relationships. I'd be worried about control and things of that nature. The only way I was ever able to break free from anxiety was to do things that really set me apart. So anxiety is a physiological response that we feel. Like it's an emotional response that we react to physiologically. So when I feel anxious, I go for a run. When I feel anxious, I may go uh, work out in the gym. When I feel anxious, I may go write in a journal. When I feel anxious, I may go get with a solid mentor. All of these different things are positive outlets to eliminate or move that energy elsewhere. And I think those are the things that, that make anxiety and fear overcomable is when you can actually have a healthy outlet to actually get rid of that, that uh, anxious energy. Because that's really what it is. It's like a, a, a balloon that's been, that has helium in it. All of a sudden, somebody pokes a hole in it and it flies around the room. That's what anxiety is to me. However, if you let that air out of the balloon easier, like with a healthy matter, then you can actually control in which that energy comes out. Absolutely. I love how you also said that you go running when you feel anxiety coming on or you go and write in your journal and you also reach out to a solid mentor. So you've made practices, positive habits in in letting go. So you found an outlet to let go. And I know that you, like you said, we keep coming back to that, but this is so true. Lip Talk Nation, instead of living in the future, why do we do that, Stephen? Why do people live in the future? It's like, um, they almost like it and they don't know it. They're addicted to it. And, and so you gave some really tangible steps right here in overcoming, or in, at least in the definitions of, of fear and anxiety. And we are also missing information. So it's, it requires us to also take action. So Stephen, why do you think that anxiety issues are on the rise? Or as you mentioned in your book, we are having an anxiety outbreak or epidemic. So why is this on the rise? The biggest thing that you're going to find nowadays is the influences. Think of your eyes and your ears as having a door. Whatever you open that door to comes into the house. So the kind of music you listen to, the kind of movies you watch, the news, the Facebook posts, the Twitter posts, all of those have the ability to inspire, encourage, or to detract, dissuade, and disrupt. So if you think about your influences specifically, you can get it's one of those ways to attack the anxiety, but we're, we as an American culture right now are addicted to negativity. And that addiction is causing the anxiety. It's not actually the trauma. A lot of times we can, we can overcome the trauma with healthy mentorship and healthy tools and things of that nature. It's the constant barrage of what's going in our ear door and in our eye door. So if you can learn to identify what's coming in, you can also learn to shut the door on what you don't want in you that doesn't inspire you. So I wake up every morning. The first thing that I do, my feet hit the floor, I head to the gym, I pop in some earbuds, and I listen to something that feeds my mind. 
the next thing I do while I'm still working out, I'll listen to something that feeds my spirit, something that adds value to me every day. I, I do my best to avoid TV and any other kind of negativity out there. I'll pop on Facebook so, so we can talk to our tribe and, and kind of encourage them along the way. But everything that I listen to, everything that I watch, everything that I associate with has to add value to my life and to those, the lives that I get to inspire and encourage. If it does not do that, I simply shut the door. So I would challenge your listeners to really focus in and think about what it is they're letting into their life and how much value and inspiration it really adds to them. I know your podcast, your show is fantastic for growing them. Absolutely. You're doing fantastic things. But on top of that, what else do you do with the remainder of your day? Are you popping on Facebook and scrolling for hours, listening, looking at every riot and every knuckleheadedness that's going out there? Or are you looking for content specifically to grow you? To really, I mean, we call, we use an analogy called grow. Gain perspective, recognize roadblocks, organize your plan, and work your plan. And we use that because we have to be respectful of what we let into our lives. What you let into your lives will actually influence and will probably determine who you and who and what you become. The reason you're stuck in anxiety is because your influences, I guarantee, are playing a huge role in that. So think about that. Just think about moving past this derogatory influence-based life and into searching for only what feeds you. Just think about that. I ask your listeners to please consider that because that's something that's really been powerful, powerful, powerful in my life specifically. Listeners, oh my goodness, Lip Talk Nation, please write that down. Anxiety, it plays a huge role with your influence. So influence plays a huge role on your anxiety level. Who are your influences? And this right here, like I said, is I'm very passionate about this, Stephen, because I believe negativity is an addiction and we're feeding the wrong information to our brain and then it continues to have this domino effect where people then create this self-defeating or self-destructing behaviors where they end up drinking and doing drugs and alcohol, I mean, and cutting, and they have so many things, and they don't understand that it is the negative talk. It is that they're addicted to it, and that they can overcome it by what they allow, Uh, and you ask the question, um, what do you feed yourself with after we do the podcast? I I wake up first thing in the morning and I do scripture reading and I do personal development and I do meditation right off the bat. That is the very first thing I do. And then I constantly am in that mode all day long. I am researching. So Lip Talk Nation, you want to be able to have something tangible and this is tangible. Thank you, Stephen, for this because people need to know their triggers. You know, maybe I'm going to speak it in a, a different language for you listeners, but your triggers, we talk about that emotional triggers and maybe that is tv maybe that is the social media Uh, you know what that looks like i'm just saying listeners you know and that we want to cheer you on this is exactly what this episode is for is to cheer people on with depression anxiety and fear so what happens to a person steven who is living in fear and anxiety if they don't take action i know that you have something specific that you want to share with our listeners so what happens to them if they don't take care of it well the the biggest thing is you stay stuck and you're staying confused and you're staying separated from those that would love you and care about you and encourage you the biggest thing is you're going to have a broken-hearted soul. That loss controls your aspirations of opportunity. And the reality is, is what lays before you is far greater than what lay behind you. And you just have to adopt that. You have to be willing to avoid the outcome you have and look forward and plan for the outcome you want most. That's the only way to truly break free and truly actually get to the life that you really want is by actually looking forward in the outcome. I don't mean like living life in the future. I mean sitting down with a paper and a pen 
and looking at eight key areas of your life, your emotional life, your financial life, your spiritual life, your intellectual life, your relational life, your contribution, look at those key areas of life and really kind of rate yourself on one or two. Where am I at? Am I at one? Am I at 10? Am I at five? And then look at ways to increase that. All right, so in my relationships, right now I'm at three because I keep, I keep having the toxic relationships and I keep finding myself in the same situations. Well, guess what? Maybe it's time to be alone for a while and really work on you. Do that personal development. Listen to your podcast, Laura. You know, think about the things that are going to be powerful in your life. Do those things each and every day, and then it begins to become easier and easier and easier. You know, I know, you, I know, the, you know we spend so much time, you know, what, is, what happens to us when we don't take action? We all know. We all know. You and I both know that. What happened to us, we began trying to control everything. We began trying to um, live in a self-defeating behaviors. Our limiting beliefs held us back. And then somebody along the way gave us a piece of truth, a small, a small tangible step, a small principle to use. And because of that, we're able to break through little by little. But it's also almost always become started with the outcome that we wanted most. We know, all we knew was we didn't want to live like that. That's all we knew. But when you have that self-identification, the next thing you do is what will it take, what steps do I need to take, and who do I need to be in part with or talk to in a relationship with in order to grow myself to get to my goal, to get to the outcome I wanted. And I think that's so powerful for us because that helps us work with others and work with ourselves to really get ourselves together. That really is powerful, Stephen. I'm here nodding my head. I'm so engrossed in what you're saying right now. I'm like, I am no, uh, don't know what to say. But you said plan the outcome, and that's really what I want the listeners to write down at this moment is plan the outcome you want most. Write that down, and then you said then rate yourself. After you rate yourself, then you find out how you can improve or increase that area because, like you said, it we do end up wanting to control things if we don't deal with the anxiety and depression and fear. And my question, when I sit down with people, Stephen, it may not be the um, coup thing to say. I don't know. But I ask the question, do you like feeling this way? And then when they answer the question, I know. I I simply just flat out (laughs) ask them, do you like feeling sad? Do you like feeling scared? Do you like living in fear? Because it seems like you do. And then I unfold some of the few steps that I did, you know, to conquer that Stephen, oh my goodness, thank you so much for that. Your faith in God is is where you found freedom over your own fear and anxiety, which has given you a new perspective on obstacles. This is this is a loaded question coming up. You have developed five action steps, I know, but I really want them I want the listeners to write this down. So if you haven't taken notes yet so far, listeners, these uh, two things that you're going to want write down and they all have that both of them have five steps with with them so this is like I said a loaded question uh, five you have five action steps for overcoming fear and learning trust so you're gonna have five of those and then you have oh five of them how to overcome fear and maintaining maintaining faith I'm so excited I'm just jumping the gun here so <laughs> will you give us the five on trust first Absolutely. I already told you what I already told you I'm kind of an acronym junkie. <laughs> so I like to have key acronyms to help me memorize the steps I even have to take each day. Um, you know, think about trust. All right. So step number one for trust is take action. Don't let fear freeze you. Don't don't get stuck in that. Don't put your head in the sand. Be willing to take the action. If you'll take the action, you'll have a better result. All right. You gotta and step two is release. You gotta practice letting go beyond your control. You gotta you got to let you got and this was the hardest one for me, and I'm telling you right now, I get it. I understand. But I'm telling you right now that there's strength in letting go. Strength you haven't realized yet, strength and hope that you haven't felt yet. Let go. Be willing to release and let go. The other thing is unarm yourself. This has more to do with vulnerability. 
Uh, I'm a I'm a quote junkie. Uh, Christianity uh, said, "To share your weakness is to make yourself vulnerable. To make yourself vulnerable is to show your true strength." My wife, I'm a Wolverine junkie, so she bought me this uh, this uh, this picture that hangs up in our in our media room. And under the bottom of the picture, it's got this ripped version of uh, was it uh, Hugh Jackman on it? Of course, as Wolverine, and it says, uh, "My strength is my greatest vulnerability." And that's my reminder that my wife gave to me that she's seen me help the most people when I was available, allowed myself to be vulnerable enough with them to tell them the truth and tell them where I've been and what I've been through and then what steps it took to move forward and how faith has played a part. I'm convinced that if you'll unarm yourself, be vulnerable, be willing to be vulnerable, that you will find strength that you didn't know you had. And for whatever reason, all of a sudden that same connection will talk to another soul near you. And all of a sudden you've now given them permission to be vulnerable themselves. And that's really powerful. The fourth step in trust will be serve. Every time you serve someone else, you gain strength. It's like eating spinach and Popeye. Every time you serve, you, you take a meal to somebody, you sit down and talk to somebody, you go to a hospital, you, you, you work with children, you, you take out the garbage, you, you help an old lady across the street even. Every single time that you do that, things come from that that you can draw strength from. They come to really good root. The other piece of trust is talk. You got to learn to talk healthy. You got to learn to talk in ways that are constructive to yourself. Your self-talk has to be important and empowering. I used to have I am statements written on my mirror with a with a sharpie, not a sharpie, but it was dry erase markers. And I did that because at for a time I need to understand that everything that I heard as a child coming up, I'm not good enough. You're too stupid. You're all this all this junk and this garbage that I heard as a child were all lies. I am beautifully and wonderfully made. I am intelligent. I am sharp. I am healthy, I am growing, I am mentored. You've you got to learn to really dig into there. So when I sort of like to think about faith, the faith is the other one, the other five steps. Think about this. Fix your eyes. For me, I fix my eyes on Jesus. He is the author and perfecter of faith. When I look at him, I see who I want to become. I look at the things that he does, the things that he says. I mean, that's why I love people the way I do. I don't get involved in garbage and judgment and condemnation with other people. I don't care where you've been, what you've been through. When you come and sit down with me and talk to me, I'm going to show you love. I'm going to show you respect. I'm going to show you consideration because that's exactly how I would want to feel it. The other thing in faith is ask. You've got to learn to ask and be okay with, be okay with praying in such a way that you can ask entirely. Like my grandfather taught me how to pray in a different way. So I used to pray like everybody else. Hi, God, will you please bless me? Will you please do this? No. My grandfather taught me to pray like I had cojones, for lack of a better word. He said, pray like you expect them to answer. And answer in the favorable way in which you ask. When you, and for whatever reason, every time I have prayed like that in the past, it has been one of those things which really became like really pivotal in my life and really kind of taken shape. The next part of faith will be incorporate. Um, think about incorporating the different steps, things that we talked about already. We already talked about grow. We already talked about gaining perspective, letting go, uh, the importance of mentorship, the importance of feeding yourself. Those are things you have to incorporate into your life as a being part of your daily life, your daily life. The other thing is you can do with faith is you can track your, your basically track and measurable results. If you're not taking the step you want to take tomorrow, then take a different step. If you know your plan, which is why I was so pivotal, like write your stuff down, rate yourself, write it down, figure out where you're at. The reason I wanted to go there is because you have to be, you have to have a place to start from to track your next steps and things that you're going through, right? So the final one for faith is honor one another. My a good friend of mine, a guy named Chris Hogan, uh, he's one of the speakers for Dave Ramsey at the Lampo Group, uh, Ramsey Solutions, uh, taught me this terminology called rare air. 
And rare air uh, has to do with how we treat other people. So another acronym, because I told you I'm an acronym junkie. <laughs> so A, A stands for appreciation. I stands for inspiration. And R stands for recognition. Most of us can find someone doing something wrong every single day. But how, often, how awesome would it be if we just spent the entire day looking and trying to find that same person doing something right? How could we bless them by honoring them with appreciation or inspiration or recognition? What you feed into the universe will be returned back to you tenfold. So if you want to breathe rare air, be willing to give it. Oh, my goodness. I have to stop you right here. All of this, yes. All of this, and I'm going to repeat it as best as I can so that Lip Talk Nation doesn't have to hit rewind, but you can if you want to. So, so trust is take action. R, release. U, unarm yourself. S, serve. And T is talk. And then moving on to faith, fix your eyes on Jesus. A, ask. I, incorporate the different steps. T, track. H, honor. And then I love like your acronym, Stephen. And then you said that how your friend taught you about rare air and, and air, the, um, the words are appreciation. A, so I is inspiration and R, recognition. There's, like I said, this was a loaded question. Lip Talk Nation. You might have to go back and hit the rewind button and hit it, play it again. So all of this right here, treat others the way you want to be treated. Let go of why you want control and those affirmations that you said. I love it. I'm in the same boat too. I love the listeners to do the same and they love them as well. To start saying that they are beautifully and wonderfully made. They do matter. They do have worth and they are good enough. Stephen, thank you so much for sharing all these really great things with us and your story. My pleasure, my pleasure. Being vulnerable. Wow. So now it's time to move to the part of the show where we get to know you on a really fun level, and we call this our lightning (laughs) round. You're laughing. Uh I know. It's going to be awesome. The questions are very simple, Stephen, easy to answer. Just answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love the anticipation already. If you could have a superpower, (laughs) what would it be? It would be the ability to heal others. Ability to heal others. You know what? Mm -hmm. Everyone should want that. Boom, Stephen. How do you like your coffee? With caramel macchiato in it, that caramel stuff that you buy at the grocery store. Caramel macchiato? (laughs) Or the little little frothy flower. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I used to order that one only all the time and get that one for years was caramel macchiato check it out connected right there <laughs> all right what's your most embarrassing moment steven oh goodness i've had a lot of them um <laughs> my most embar- embarrassing moment was was leaving a locker room without my clothes by accident the locker, the locker door shut behind me so that was kind of you- embarrassing Oh my goodness. Everybody got to see my tan lines. (laughs) I want everybody just to let that sink in right there. I'm sure people are picturing it right now, Stephen. Ah, what do I do? Uh, Oh, please don't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, what is your favorite food? Uh, Healthy or non-healthy? It doesn't matter. We're not not judging at this moment. (laughs) Uh, Oatmeal raisin cookies. Oatmeal raisin cookies. (laughs) I have not had that answer, Stephen. Wow. I'll like to be the first. Yes. Oatmeal raisin cookies. Okay. If you could have any car in the world, what would it be? You know, uh, being where I've been in life and and having the blessings that I have, um, I think uh, the only car I would want to have in life is the one where my wife is sitting beside me. Uh, It doesn't matter. The mate doesn't matter. Oh, you just made all the women go, ah, ah, that's (laughs) really great. and so important. I don't even want to ask the next question. I'm just kidding. I need to know. (laughs) Steven, what is your favorite color? Blue. blue. The, the, the healing the healing the healing preference of blue. 
Oh, yes. I studied colors, hence for purple, <laughs> but we won't talk about that. I love that. <laughs> Steven, oh my goodness. Like I said, you are such a blessing. Thank you for sharing those fun facts about you. What an inspiration you are to myself and the listeners. Before we close out the interview, will you share with the listeners, this is going to be very important, by the way, listeners, why is it important that a person that you're following is in front of you and not the same as you? Well, I assume we moved away from the lightning round. We did. <laughs> but uh, I, I think, the, uh, I think the, the reason that I like to do it is because the person has to model what you want to become. You have to be able to see in front of you the things in which that you want to achieve. Uh, the person must have a better integrity. They must have better character. They must have a better sense of knowledge and wisdom, and they can lead you appropriately. The person in front of you also must have a heart to serve you and other people around you. You can follow lots of people that have everything you want, but if they pay no attention to helping others get to where they are, then you might want to find someone else to follow. That was well said. Did you catch that, listeners? I This is probably some new information for them, Stephen. That's why I had to ask that question when I was reading it in your book. I'm like, boom, I showed it to my husband. I'm like, look what he said. Look, this is so important. Right there, listeners, the person that you want to model needs to be before you. They need to have better character. They need to be able to lead you, and they need to also know how to serve you. Such great words of wisdom right there, Stephen. All right, now I'm going to say it. Wow, what an episode this is. Such great pearls of wisdom. Thank you once again for sharing your story with us and and giving us tangible action steps for people to discover their potential and overcome fear and anxiety. Will you share with the listeners where we can find out more about you, Stephen, and um, get your book and any projects that you're working on? Yeah, absolutely. We have so much coming up. It's not even funny. Um, You can find out more about me. uh, You can Google my name if you want, but uh, go to journeyprinciples.com and you can get the book and stuff like that there if you want. Um, Hopefully it'll add value to your life. But even more importantly, we just released something yesterday called the Ultimate Life Kit. It's a six-step video series that I did uh, here at the studio uh, that is completely free for those that want to do it. Just go to ultimatelifekit.com, and you can watch the video there. I kind of give like a, a brief overview of the intro, and, and if, if you feel like you want to take advantage of it, it's there for you free. We, our heart is just to help people. We have this uh, relentless pursuit of encouraging minds and motivating hearts, and that's kind of what we're all about. So those are the two best places, journeyprinciples.com and ultimatelifekit.com. There we go, Lip Talk Nation. I've got goosebumps, and I'm excited about this Ultimate Life Kit that you just told us about, ultimatelifekit.com and journeyprinciples.com. And uh, listeners, go support Stephen. Um, what an honor to have you on the show, Stephen. Thank you so much for being here. It's been fun. Yeah, the honor's been all mine. Yeah, the honor's all mine. I, I hope I was able to add some value to your listeners. I, I really have a heart for it, so I hope it's uh Absolutely, and it definitely comes across in your interview, so I can't wait to get feedback from your episode. All right, Lip Talk Nation, thank you for listening to us at Life in Purple, where the broken can heal and the successful can conquer. It's been a pleasure hearing Stephen's story, and I hope that you glean value and have a great experience. Lip Talk Nation, if you've enjoyed today's episode or one of our previous episodes, I would love to hear from you. If you're an iPhone user, go on over to iTunes and leave a friendly review. Android users, send me a quick email to laura at laurasbragg.com. We appreciate you and